Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line. He's kind of morally opposed to playing games anyway. It's Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, it's uh, almost midnight on the yeah. East Coast. Uh, you are sitting deep inside Miami Dade Arena. I am sitting in my uh, home office, uh, the comfy confines. Um, but it was pretty, uh, pretty important basketball game for the Heat tonight, so we decided to wait and uh, record a chunk of this episode uh, live post-game. Uh, we had a pre-recorded segment that held up uh, about Victor Oladipo and the Heat's rotation. That'll be the second half of this episode. But, uh, yeah, one of the biggest games of the Heat season, one of the bigger wins of this Heat season. Uh, Miami beats New York, moves into a uh, tie on percentage points are a little bit behind Brooklyn. They also don't have the tiebreaker with Brooklyn, which I'm sure we'll discuss, uh, but into a tie for all intents and purposes for the number six seed, a uh, chance to move out of the play in game. Um, but above all else, they just played at least offensively. I'm sure we'll talk about not necessarily their best defensive performance, but they're winning with offense all of a sudden, definitely one of their better offensive performances of the season. Uh, what do you make of that win from the heat tonight? Uh, Jimmy Butler is very, very good. Yeah. You just tweeted a stat while I was waiting, while I was, uh, while we were waiting to get started recording here that I, I think kind of sums up the heat right now, basically. He's averaging 26.3 points a game on 60.5% shooting from the field since the break. It's kind yeah. of amazing that the Heat are actually just 8-7 and seven since the break. I know. He's always played, but that just kind of shows he hasn't had a lot of help in a lot of those games, but this game was not bad. He got a lot yeah. of help. Season best in three-point shooting percentage. We talked about it all year. The three-point shooting has been a weakness for this team. They shot 57% from three. Um, just a really good offensive performance. One of their top five, I think, offensive ratings of the season. Um, defensively, like we, like you said, it wasn't great. New York, you know, got 120 points, shot 40% yeah. three. But offensively, all of a sudden, and I was talking about this with some media members after the game, it's like the identity of this team, like, flipped all of a sudden. Like, before it was the top five defense, and they were winning games 90 days. 87, and now you know, they beat the Knicks 127 to 120, and all of a sudden their offense is humming. So, obviously a really, really big win. Um, now do you move percentage points away from Brooklyn? Um, mm-hmm. They could move into sole possession of sixth place if Brooklyn loses uh, to Cleveland on Thursday night, which is totally possible, and he faced Brooklyn again on Saturday. So they could really you know, go up by pretty much – a game and a half. And yeah, by the end of Saturday, they could be in control of their own destiny yeah. um, if if a couple things break right. And obviously, they beat Brooklyn this weekend. So, yeah. um, you know, last – I mean, even when we recorded yesterday, I, I don't remember how, if we went in deep into it, but just like our kind of skepticism about them getting out of the play-in. But all of a sudden, I don't know like what the math would say in terms of like are they the favorites right now to get the sixth seed, but – um, by the end of the weekend, they, they definitely can be, which uh, is a very different than we thought 
I mean, even last week yeah, when we talked, uh, four yeah. four game losing streak from Brooklyn has changed a lot for for Miami, and um, you know, impossible not to feel great, not to feel good about a win uh, like the one they had tonight, um, because yeah, to me, obviously Jimmy Butler, like that's where it starts, and he scores thirty five points, nine assists, four steals, like the the full Jimmy Butler experience, um, but it like that. It's hard to make that the story on every night when that is the, the story every night, right? The story tonight is is everything else. They got 14 points from Tyler Hero in the fourth quarter. Um, Gabe and Kyle Lowry combining for 35 points, and that point guard two-headed monster has continues to be really good for this team. And you mentioned the three-point shooting. What was the final? I don't have the the uh, box score in front of me. 16 to 28. Yeah, they're up to uh, now 39.9 percent from three-point range in their last 11 games. Um, so like they're, they're kind of rolling, uh, from deep right now. Progression to the mean. Progression to the mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, we, we wondered all year if that was going to happen and, and it's definitely happening right now a little bit. Yeah. We've been, we've been waiting for it and it's coming obviously at a really good time. And you, you talk about the standings and it's not only the sixth spot, right? They beat the Knicks and now they're two games. Down two games yeah. Fifth spot. I mean, now the fifth is like within reach. It's in play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they face New York again next week in New York. Um, on Wednesday, so they saw they still can you know move even closer uh, with head-to-head matchup against them, and if they win that one, they'll probably get the tiebreaker. So because right. would the tiebreaker be division? Because the Heat win the division, then because they split the season series, and then yeah, yeah. So suddenly, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but suddenly the fifth spot is in play. Yeah. Um, problem. This is the problem. Okay. Brooklyn and <laughs> Brooklyn. A, we don't know what. To what heat team we're going to get from that tonight. Right. I mean, I'd say that's the problem. We'll talk about that's that after, but go ahead. A Brooklyn schedule after they face Cleveland on yeah. Thursday, Miami on Saturday. But after that, it's Orlando, Houston, Atlanta, Utah, Minnesota, Detroit, Orlando, and Philly. And Philly's the last game, so who even knows if probably not many guys would play for Philly that, that night. Depends on where they are in the playoff race. But the point is, like, Brooklyn's schedule gets soft after this. And the yeah. Heat, after this home stand, they go back-to-back. On the road with Toronto and New York, two teams battling for playoff seeds. They come back home and face Dallas, another team fighting for their playoff lives, and you know where they're going to end up uh, in the West. Um, it, it's they don't really have many easy games other than like a Detroit, I guess you know in a couple weeks. But, um, Brooklyn's schedule is a lot easier, so it's really important that the Heat win that game on Saturday because if they don't, it's despite all the good work that you're doing right now, it's going to be tough just because of the way things set up. Yeah, it's it, obviously there's too many games for anything to be like a literal must win right now, but that, that's about as close as you get to one, uh, given all the, the circumstances that you just laid out. Um, the problem, as you mentioned, of course, is they could easily win that game, uh, go ahead. And, you know, Brooklyn, I, I think we talk about regression to me with the Heat three-point shooting. I, I think maybe we're seeing some regression from the Nets, who obviously started hot after they traded Kyrie and Kevin Durant and in a way that is proving to be unsustainable. So even though their schedule is soft, as you mentioned, um, you know, they're not as good right now as their record indicates. Like they're, they're a team that could easily lose to Orlando. Who's feisty to Minnesota. You know, Anthony Edwards is going to be back probably here at some point. Right. Um, Those aren't like automatic wins. um, Just like they wouldn't be for the heat. And of course that's the problem is the heat could easily uh, win this weekend, get the help they kind of need from the teams playing Brooklyn down the stretch. Um, you know, Brooklyn could go 500 the rest of the way or whatever, and it still might not matter because the Heat could easily 
as you said, what, what's their record since the All-Star break? Eight and seven? Nine, eight like, seven. Yeah, like, like yeah. it's not like they're playing super well. Yeah, they got a really good win tonight. They, yeah, they played well lately, but, like, they've had, you know, if you've gone uh, eight and seven of your last couple and you're four of your last five, that means you were uh, – yeah. my math is bad, but not four, very good. Four and, four and like, yeah. Four, four and six, four. yeah, before that. So, like, they're playing better right now, but we've seen that a bunch of times for the Heat, and, and it could easily flip back the other way. I think the thing that should give Heat fans the most hope is, is just – I know we keep coming back to it, but Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's been – but arguably the best player in the NBA since the All-Star break. I mean, it's just been incredible what he's doing offensively, the efficiency, um, defensively, just with the steals. Just He's impacting the game in so many different ways, and they're just running everything. Like, it's just different. It's a different Jimmy. Yeah, you know, well, and, and with 10 game. games left or whatever it is now, like, it's it's he, there's no more no. rest days, right? Like, there's no more load management. Like, it's... He hasn't missed a game since the break. Yeah, it, it's... And, it, and it's not just that. It's not managing, you know, we, how many, like, Jimmy Butler minutes. games do we see where he, like, takes, like, four shots in the first no. three quarters or whatever. Like, that that's not it anymore. It's, it's the full Jimmy Butler experience. It's the playoff Jimmy experience. Um, and, you know, if the three-point shooting, like, like I said, we're over 10 games now where that three-point shooting is looking a lot more like it did last year than it did the year, than it has, you know, did for the first three quarters of this season. So like there, there's a couple signs that are, are definitely positive for this heat team. You know, I put aside my takeaways today that uh, they had I'm trying to find it. Uh, they shot for the shot 40% or better from three point range um, seven times in 59 games uh, before the all-star break. Mm-hmm. They've done it seven times in 15 games since the break. Yeah. And I think on over 50% twice um, yeah, in they, these last couple, in this last stretch here too. So that's me. Imagine if they would have like carried over the defense in the first half of the season to now. I mean, they would they would be even better. But uh, offensively, it's just it's amazing kind of how much things have turned around for them, and it's amazing what a few extra made shots will do. Um, we've said it all year. Like if they just shot league average from three, it would have been a totally different story. Yeah, fighting for a top three, top four seed right now, no doubt. Um, but good thing, good thing for them. You know, it's, it's late, but it's it it's coming at the right time right now where they're trying to avoid the playing. Yeah, it's late, but it, and we thought maybe it was going to be too late. Uh, it's turning out to not be too late. So if they can, as we said, build off of what we saw tonight, what we've seen over the last you know couple games offensively, um, the defense. You want to just quickly touch on that? What I mean it, to me, it's just like a reminder that like everyone plays to the like pace of the game, right? Like you can you can stress like you want to have great offense and good defense, but. Um, for the most part, like games that are low scoring, you lock it on defense games that are high scoring. It's hard to keep that focus from possession to possession. And the Knicks are a good offensive. Like they've, they've got the way that Jalen Brunson has played. Um, you know, they're, they've got certainly got off weapons on offense. Yeah. I mean, the, the Knicks, I think answer with the fifth best offense in the NBA. Yeah. Efficiency. So um, this was, a, this is a really, really good offense. Yes. The defensive slippage has been a talking point lately, especially since the break. Last 10 games, they have the 18th best defensive rating, so below average. They have the fourth best offense, which is just, again, this this season has just been bizarre um, yeah. in so many different ways, and that's just one of them. How? I, what's the identity of this team? I don't know. I don't it's Jimmy it. Butler, right? That, that's Jimmy the one Butler. identity, and it's it's what he does on both ends of the floor, right? Because um, 
you know, the tur- turnover creation. That's like Jimmy's strong suit defensively. That's kind of in this team's strong suit defensively. Um, even tonight, again, as I said, on a night where the defense gave up 120 points, he had four steals. Like, the identity is him on both ends of the floor. Um, I, I think our new crusade here needs to be we've talked all about these clutch games all year, right, Anthony? Uh, yeah. you've, you've been Captain Clutch. Uh, it's the first year of the Jerry West Award, right? Is, is Jimmy Butler, I mean, sounds like it's going to basically be between him and De'Aaron Fox, but Jimmy's making, a, yeah. Jimmy's making a push here. Yeah, he, no, wouldn't he, it just be so fitting that for this season it's all been all about the clutch games for for Jimmy Butler to uh, win the inaugural clutch trophy? He should definitely be in the running. There's no yeah. doubt. I mean, he played more clutch games than any other team. They've had success in the clutch, like record numbers of the, clutch games and five point games and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think the record for clutch games is 58. They're at 52 now, I believe, after tonight. Um, yeah. But they could get. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. That's off six more clutch games. Yeah, they have already. Well, they already have the record for most five point wins, wins by five points or fewer. Like, two away from tying their all time record for just games in general by five yeah. points. Um, so it's just been a historic season as far as close games for the Heat. So Jimmy Butler should definitely be in the running, but De'Aaron Fox has been. Yeah, his clutch numbers are like insane. Yeah, he's shooting fifty three percent from the field in the clutch. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> That's just crazy. So, and especially a player of his size. So, I mean, I, I think Jimmy will get some votes. I'm sure he should. Uh, but it seems like De'Aaron Fox uh, is the front runner. And I mean, Tyler Hero too. I mean, Tyler and Jimmy. Yeah, we didn't like, talk much about Tyler Hero, but he was, uh, you know, after Jimmy probably after Jimmy and I guess the three point shooting, like probably the the biggest reason they won this game tonight. It's just great. I mean, it happened in Detroit too. I think Tyler yeah. 14. Of his points in the fourth quarter tonight, after kind of a, and a he had eight in the first three, yeah. yeah, like it, it, he just really turns it on, gets more aggressive in the fourth quarter, and the Heat really needed that because the Knicks were 34 points in the fourth. So if Tyler doesn't get hot there, um, they might lose this game um, because the defense wasn't good down the stretch. So um, for everything Jimmy did, um, Jimmy had to sit those first six minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh, Tyler's hot shooting kind of helped stabilize things and hold things together uh, while Jimmy was out. All right, Anthony. Well, I'll let you get going. You got to finish up writing. Uh, heater off tomorrow so you can sleep in tomorrow. So it's all yeah. right. Um, and then uh, actually two days off before this Brooklyn game, which, again, as we said, will be one of the bigger games on this heat schedule. Certainly probably the biggest one the rest of the way here. Yeah. So um, we'll be back next week. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll be back to talk about that. and the sure to change postseason picture uh but first we'll uh have a conversation we had earlier uh this week um about the state of the heat rotation and victor oladipo so we'll have that when we come back this episode is brought to you by pepsi wild cherry pepsi wild cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, we are back through the magic of technology and time travel and all that good stuff. Uh, Anthony, what, what, what a conversation we just had. Uh, about Heat Knicks. Uh, scintillating, but, game, scintillating game. Scintillating game. Well, you know, you, 
we joke, but I'm sure it will be a uh, yeah. <laughs> a very thrilling ending and and a difficult game story for Anthony to write because they all uh, they all have been like that this year. Uh, we are down in the stretch run, um, and you know this is not new for the Heat, but it is I think uniquely Heat in some ways that we have you know like ten games left in the season basically, and the Heat have made a pretty big change to their rotation um, and. Again, like it's not unusual for the Heat, who uh, often get to the playoffs and, you know, change their rotation series by series. We have seen in some of these recent playoff runs, but Kyle Lowry gets back. uh, Victor Oladipo, I don't think my Victor Oladipo six man of the year bold prediction is going to pan out here out of the rotation. Um, Anthony, what what do you make of this move? Obviously, you know, the Heat... um, still really fighting for a play. It's not, you know, they're experimenting obviously in some ways, but they're also, you know, in really must win situations here, uh, trying to make up that last little gap with Brooklyn and get out of the play in. What, what do you make of this rotation change? And especially, especially coming at this point in the year. Yeah. I think it's coming at this point of the year because they're finally healthy, right? This team has dealt with so many injuries all season. Most games missed due to injury of any team in the NBA this season. Um, Kyle Lowry's finally back. Gabe Vincent's healthy. Victor Oladipo's healthy. Like, I don't know, even last year with all the Victor Oladipo injuries, the Kyle Lowry stuff that he missed games for the personal reasons, mm-hmm. the Gabe Vincent stuff, whether they were all three healthy at the same time. I don't think they were. I, I, maybe for a little small stretch, uh, but this is might be one of the first times this year where all three of those guards are healthy together. Yeah. And it's there's really no, there's not room for all three. So, um, you know, Eric Spolstra had to make a decision. Yeah, especially and, and, because, you know, Jimmy Butler is a guard, basically. Yeah, and, 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 you have to, and you have Tyler Hero. And Tyler Hero, obviously. Bam, and Bam, you know, handles a lot as well and initiates. Like, you can't only have so many ball handlers out there. So yeah. I'm not surprised that ever since Kyle Lowry came back, you know, when the team is healthy, right, Victor Oladipo's been out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It is noteworthy. These are the first, you know, we're, we're recording this before the Knicks game. So the first three games that, um, the last three games, Old Depot's been out of rotation twice, and those are his first uh, two DNP CDs of the season. Yeah. Um. So this is this hasn't happened to him this year yet. Uh, this is new for him, and he has been a big part of the formula like throughout the whole year. His defense. He's been in a lot of the fourth quarter fourth quarter lineups. At one point, we were thinking he might be a closer for this team. But since the All-Star break, he just hasn't been great, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what it, it comes down to, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the combination, yes, of them getting healthy and, you know, Kyle Lowry was not going to come back and, and not be in the rotation. Yeah. But it's the combination of them getting fully healthy. And then it basically becomes, if they're going to just play those, you know, I guess four guards, because Tyler Hero is, is really a fourth guard, or, well, the first guard, and then the other three are like the other competing. Um, it comes down to... Gabe and, and Victor Oladipo and you know there is a world where you could definitely see them valuing Victor Oladipo over Gabe Vincent I mean you think of how valuable he was in the playoff run last year with his defense but um, as you mentioned he just has not played well since the all-star break and you know they've needed Gabe's shooting threat a little bit and again like it's it that's it ultimately like it's weird that it, it's a battle between for playing time between Gabe and and Victor Oladipo, but that's what it is. And right now, Gabe Vincent just 
not just playing better than than Gabe than uh, Victor Oladipo, but kind of, in my opinion, kind of what they need more. Um, you know, unless Victor is going to like really turn it up a notch on defense, and the Heat are going to try to, you know, which maybe that'll happen in the playoffs. Is yeah. they'll say we're going to try to win games like 86 to 82, and and then Victor Oladipo becomes more valuable than Gabe Vincent. But um, yeah. for right now, in the regular season, where scoring, you know, scoring always drops in the postseason, you need shooters on the floor. Uh, Gabe just gives them more of what they need for these last, you know, dozen games of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, the numbers don't lie, right? Since the break, the Heat have been outscored by 8.1 points per 100 possessions with Victor Oladipo on the court. Um, the only players worse than that are Duncan, Omer, and Haywood, which all three of those guys pretty much are out of the rotation yeah. if the roster's healthy. So the results have not been good with him on the court. It's not only just him, right? Like, the team has struggled mm-hmm. uh, since the break. Uh, it's been really up and down. Um, but he's shooting 36% from the floor since the break. Like, he's just mm-hmm. not been efficient. The defense, yeah, like, he's been on the court a lot because of his defense. Um, but even the defense has been slightly worse when he's been on the court since the break. So he's not hitting shots. The defense is not significantly better when he's playing. And you need to make a decision, right, between Kyle, him, and Gabe. Like, Gabe is a starting point guard right now. Whether that sticks, we'll see, right? But right now, as Kyle Lowry kind of eases his way back in, Gabe is a starting point guard, so he's not right. going out of the rotation. And Kyle's been really good since he returned. Um, he's been really, really good of just efficient, kind of stabilizing things um, as the like a natural point guard, which I think, you know, I know it's like a positionless uh, era of basketball, but this team still needs that. They still need. Yeah, a, but I mean, most teams still things. have a yeah. point guard, right? Like yeah. Most of the great teams around the league, whether it is a unorthodox guy like Stephen Curry or like, you know, a Drew Holiday, like all the great teams have have point guards. Yeah, so I, I just think it, it makes sense. But would I be surprised if – oh, another number, too, by the way, that plays a role in this. He's averaging just as many turnovers as he has assists, three and three. Yeah, that's so not good. It's just, it's just for, an, for an, a team that really needs to win the possession battle to have a chance, you can't have 35% shooting and, you know, three as many turnovers mm-hmm. as assists from a guard. It just can't happen. So I feel bad for Vic. He's been through so much. And he had stretches this year where you're like, wow, can this can he like get back to being one of the best players in this roster? He's had some really good moments. Uh, but it's gonna be like that. I mean, he hasn't played he hasn't played for this long of a stretch in a long time. It's gonna be an up and down battle. I think that's what we've seen this year. But I still think, like you said, last year this happened too. We fought out of the rotation for the mm-hmm. end of the regular season. Kyle got hurt, hurt his hamstring. Victor had to step into a bigger role in the playoffs, and he was pretty good. So yeah, he was like think, probably their third best guy in the Boston series, third or fourth best guy. Yeah. He was he was really really important for he, them. He played a big role. So I don't think this is like eight for him. I wouldn't be surprised if in a playoff series or down the stretch of the regular season they need his skill set and they turn to him. It's a really good luxury to have off your bench. But right now I think this move makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like you said, it's kind of a shame. I think we've been a very pro Victor Oladipo podcast. I've got my biases as a uh, he's a uh, fellow yeah. Montgomery County, Maryland. Native, technically grew up in PG, but born in Montgomery County, so we'll claim him. Um, but yeah, you know, I've been obviously I talked about him as a potential six man of the year candidate. Um, I do wonder how much is just he maybe has hit a wall, like you said, he's not played this much in a in a really long time. Um, I mean, you can see it like a little bit too, where um, you know it feels like I don't know what the numbers say exactly, but it feels like he's settling for a lot more jumpers than he was early on. Yeah. Um, you know, he's turning it over a lot, you know, 
probably a little loose with the hand. Like it, there are a lot of the things that are piling up in, in a, the wrong direction for him. The defense too, like if, if those defensive numbers, like you said, the on off suggests he has declined a little bit uh, since the break. But um, a lot of that kind of suggests fatigue, right? Like you don't have your burst to get to the rim. Um, you're not as strong going to the rim and you're turning it over and you're, you know, a little bit st- a step slow on defense. You know, maybe just like, time off and you know a little bit less of a uh, little bit less playing time here over the next couple of weeks we'll let him refresh and he'll have a little bit you know he'll be a little have a little bit more burst come playoff time but um yeah for now it's it's disappointing because we saw this what the ceiling could be for it i think right. we've, we've seen a lot of flashes um and it'd be obviously a surprise if he he hits it here in the next a uh, little while, but like you said, I don't think it's it for him necessarily either, because I think, you know, we're like seven eighths of the way through the season right now. And I don't know, for like five eighths of the season, he was like, or half the season, he was like real solid and looked like a guy who's, you know, maybe not a starter anymore, certainly not an all-star anymore, but like a guy who at points looked like a potential a six man of the year. Can, yeah, yeah, really, or at least yeah. a really good seventh man. Like, um, I, I don't think it's it for him. Maybe it's it for him right now this season, but but uh, I don't think we're done with the Victor Oladipo uh, experience here in the NBA. Yeah, and to your point about him not getting to the rim, um, career low, 24% of his field goal attempts have come at the rim, the yeah. rim this year. So yeah. the so eye test has, matches the numbers. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he had, I don't know what the numbers would say, the trend. What, like, he's obviously not, even when he was going well at the beginning of the year, he was definitely shooting more jumpers than he mm-hmm. like I'm used to seeing him. But yeah, over these last couple of weeks, like it's a lot of mysteries and a lot of turnovers, right? Those are the, uh, those are the two things that like stand out and probably have Pete fans groaning a little bit when he's out on the court. Um, Kyle Lowry, I guess we should talk a little bit about him. Uh, we, a couple, I don't know, maybe a month back or a couple of weeks back when he was coming back from his injury, um, we talked about could he crack? Would the Heat would he be willing to embrace him? Would the Heat try to kind of force him to embrace a sixth man role in a way that you know we threw out a bunch of these recent great Heat sixth men, um, ranging from obviously Tyler Hero who won the award, uh, Goran Dragic who would have definitely been a real contender that year if, if he had been fully healthy, even Dwayne Wade as you mentioned. Um, do you, now Kyle is kind of slotting you know it's a Definitely reminds me a little bit of the Goron. I think Goron's probably the closest yeah. up for it. Um, do, you, do you think this is just like the move here? Like you said, Gabe's the guy right now, and and it feels like they've hit on something to me. Yeah, I mean, they'll say he's coming off the bench because they're trying to like manage his know, minutes, limit his minutes, and try to not not play him too many mm-hmm. you know for extended stretches, and just try to be careful with him. But I, I kind of think. This just makes sense, right? Yeah. Even if they weren't trying to limit his minutes. Like, it just, we've talked about how, you know, in that starting lineup, Kyle Lowry is very marginalized. Like, he just mm-hmm. stands there as a spot up shooter because so many guys can handle the ball and initiate and need the ball in their hands, whether it's Tyler or Bam or Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Like, he just is a spot up shooter. In these bench lineups, he's, he can, like, run things, right? And we've, yeah. we saw him, like, when this team has been shorthanded and he's been the guy, like, he's looked good. Um, so I, I think it makes sense. It stabilizes the bench units a little bit. I mean, it helps that he's making shots, right? I think he's like I was yeah. So that's the year. that's the key thing is yeah. how many fourth quarters has he had in the, since he's gotten back where it's been like the two or two or three of like the biggest shots of the game have been yeah. Kyle Lowry. Wow. So he can he can 
slot right back in with the starting lineup too, which is important, obviously, because he's going to close, clearly. Yeah, I mean, last game against Detroit, he had 25 minutes. He had seven points on two field goal attempts, six rebounds, six assists, one turnover. Like, that's, I mean, yeah, you want more than seven points, but that's yeah. all you need from a guy off, off the bench um, for this team. So I think he does definitely make this team better. He played all 12 minutes in that fourth quarter. So he's still going to play plenty of minutes, like, with Bam and Jimmy, mm-hmm. but he, you're able to stagger his minutes a little bit more in this bench role. And I kind of like that for him and the team. So he's, I, I, I yeah, I, I think I still think like he's the better option than Gabe right now as his point guard. But yeah, as far as like the way it fits in lineups, it just makes sense with Kyle. Uh, yeah, off the bat, and it, it kind of helps explain the Victor why Victor is not because yeah, yeah, like the their guys they've got a, a fit in the starting lineup, and then you're gonna play Kyle Lowry. Um, Kyle well, said one, one, the, one thing on that real quick. The first game that Kyle came back, um, or it might have been the second game, but. It was before Victor kind of was out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. They were playing together off the bench, and Victor was the one kind of handling, initiating things, and, right. and Kyle was back into that spot-up shooting role, kind of just standing there. That didn't make sense, right? Like, you yeah, want Kyle without Victor. Him, like, yeah, $40 million a no. year or whatever. <laughs> you want the ball in Kyle's hands. So I think with taking Victor out of the, those bench lineups, now Kyle feels, like, empowered to do that. So yeah. it helps. He has obviously said all the right things. Do you, you buy, like, is he buying in? Do you get the sense that he's? into this obviously everyone wants to start NBA guys like they can deny it but they all want to start yeah. it, it means something even if closing is more important but um do you think he he is buying into this role for now I think uh, he made a comment I think with his first game back and he said I know I'm the starting point guard but I'm willing you know I know I'm willing to do uh-huh. whatever it takes to win games right so I think he still sees himself as a starting point guard for this team him and Gabe are close so I think that helps yeah um but the good thing is it seems like he really is on the same page with the team, with the medical staff, the training staff. Like they have a plan here. It's around mm-hmm. to keep it like around 20, 21 minutes a game. As for now, he missed the front end of the back-to-back in Chicago. He might miss one game on the next two back-to-backs. We'll see. Um, but it does seem like they have a plan, and he seems to be bought in for now. I don't yeah. know if that means he's, you know, he's, I'll do this for the regular season. When the playoff comes in, yeah. the playoffs come around, I want to be the starting point guard. We'll see. Um, and Eric Spolstra has been really careful and really has made it a point to emphasize, like, he doesn't know what this is going to look like in two or three weeks, you know, last couple of weeks. But I, I, I kind of believe that. I kind of think they're just well, kind of taking it day it by day. With, we've seen yeah. it. I, I mean, we're yeah. talking about Victor Oladipo being out of the yeah. rotation. Like, I don't think Spo saw that coming two weeks ago that he was, like, right. not going to be using this guy. So there is truth to that where Spo really does kind of go with the flow. Um, and But, yeah, I, I think I, – I, I would guess they're going to do this for the rest of regular. I mean, maybe if they if they run into a two or three game losing streak at some point here, then they'll obviously probably change things up. But um, for now, feels like this is this is, you ride this out into the end of the regular season and then uh, kind of see what where it goes from there. It's funny, like I was when I was watching the game against the Pistons on on Sunday. We've talked so much about them needing to change the starting lineup, or like that's been like the talk on Twitter. Uh-huh. Like with, when Caleb yeah. and Martin, Kyle Lowry were in there, like Caleb's too small to be a four. Yeah, Kyle yeah, Lowry yeah. shouldn't be the starting point guard. The closing lineup was the old starting lineup. I know. And that's probably the best closing lineup they have. Yeah. You know, with, with Kyle Lowry and Caleb, with, you know, Tyler, Bam, and Jimmy. It just seems like that's probably going to be the starting lineup of choice now moving forward. Um, so. It just, everyone, it's kind of, it's everyone got what they wanted with the yeah. new starting lineup. Where it's, and now they uh, want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the numbers bear it out, right? The numbers, yeah. The lineup we said it all year. It's a good yeah. starting lineup. Yeah. It's a good lineup. Um. So, 
just seems like we're back to where we were. And that's not a bad thing because, again, like I said, that's that's one of the better lineups all season. All right, uh, we can wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. A lot of basketball these days between, uh, obviously, the end of the NBA regular season and March Madness. Uh, you got any? You want to do any quick Canes thoughts before we wrap up? You you watched any of those games over the weekend? Yeah. Men's watched... or women's. We can talk either one. Yeah, I, I, I mean. I guess you probably didn't see the women's game last night. I didn't see the so. women's game, but I did that see game was that shot, which yeah. was insane. Um, but as far as the men's games, yeah, I mean, they the first game, they looked so great. The second yeah. game, they looked awesome. Yeah. And Imola Arnega. One of the best. I can't, I can't believe two years ago, like, people were trying to run him out of town. That's I incredible. Know. How quickly the narrative has changed. He's probably, well, not probably, definitely the best basketball coach they've had, men's basketball oh, coach they've had there. Yeah. Easily. Um, he's really turned that program. I was, I was wondering, is he... Is he on the Mount Rushmore of South Florida sports coaches, period? There's I mean, a couple on a state like Shula, Spo, right. and I'd say Schnellenberger are kind of on a Riley, Riley. Yeah, and then there's like, do you count Riley? You know, Riley's obviously has been more a yeah. GM than a coach. Um, you know, Jimmy Jimmy Johnson is probably a, the one that has a, another case to be the fourth face on that Mount Rushmore. Mike McDaniel. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eventually, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe, it, it's and North and North Chad O'Meara. Yeah, he's he's like he's like Udonis Haslam almost. Like he's just like an undersized guy. He's gonna go after every rebound. Like very fun college basketball player. Fun to watch. Like his effort is incredible. So yeah, just a fun team. I'm really, I mean, do you, you obviously have watched more college basketball than me, a lot more. Do you think they have a shot against Houston? Yeah, I mean, I think they got a shot. The way I, I think about it with them is, and I said this when. Uh, Michelle and I recorded last week is their offense is so good they can beat anyone I don't necessarily trust them to win the whole thing because their defense is not good yeah like basically you know there's to win a national championship you pretty much have to have like a top 30 or 40 defense in Ken Palm like I, I don't know if any team outside that has ever won like it would be pretty much unprecedented for them to win a championship but I they got as much or more talent as Houston, I think, at least top end. Houston's really deep, but, you know, like Isaiah Wong is could be the best player on the floor on any given night. Yeah. Um, obviously, like you said, Norchado Mir is is a fantastic college basketball player. Luga Poplar is, like, turned into, like, that guy looks like is, a, an NBA prospect. Yeah. All of a is, he, is, he, is he good? Because I know I have to miss that a little final few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's – I think he just bruised his butt or something, but okay. I think he's he, he seemed to be okay the other day, so – um, yeah, they're deep. I mean, they go five deep now with like guys you can get buckets in that starting lineup. Like, there's no one you can just kind of like leave alone, which is unusual in college basketball, where most teams have a, you know, maybe a guy who's just a spot up shooter and can't do much else, or, or just a big guy who's in there to rebound and set picks and get garbage yeah. buckets. Like, you know, Omir's not a guy you're gonna just like necessarily throw it to in the post, and he's gonna like be Hakeem Olajuwon, but he's a real threat off the dive and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, that, that's – I mean, I've loved, loved watching that team all year long. I always love watching Jim Laranaga's team. There's another uh, D.C. area bias because he was uh, awesome at George Mason. George obviously. Mason, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm – I wouldn't be surprised if they won this weekend. I had, I had Indiana – and then I had Indiana beating Houston in my bracket, so it's not like I think Houston's uh, invincible. And FAU? How about FAU? FAU. Too. Ba- basketball yeah. town, for sure. I mean, this is yeah. like incredible that – 
one eighth of the teams in the Sweet 16 are from South Florida. Yeah, it's like South Florida and New Jersey, and like that's it. It's it's incredible, and, and like you well, know, I guess New Jersey's out because Fairleigh Dickinson lost, so down just yeah. down to Princeton. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fun time, and the Panthers are doing better, obviously in the playoff spot right now. Like WBC has been awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm bummed. Like, I haven't been able to watch a lot of that because between like the tournament, yeah, and games, and like there's we just it's just time of year where there's something going on every night. But wish I could be watching more of that. So definitely keeping all of us busy. So that's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, we've rambled on long enough. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>